0: And welcome to another episode of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, TNK, sitting alongside with me, Ravishing Randy. Good to be back, Ramsey. What's going on, brother? What's
1: going
0: on? He's doing a little bit of research right now for some stuff coming up that he's going to talk about. And uh, today we're just going to kind of freeform. There's just so much going on in the wrestling business. We just kind of had to. It's just been a monumental shift
2: um, in, in the course of the last few weeks. I mean, we we kind of delved into it a bit last week or last time we did the podcast, but I mean, just like, we're now almost uh, almost a month into Triple H being at the helm, and I mean, it is a seismic difference in the quality of the programming from start to finish, uh, whether it's Raw, NXT 2.0, uh, SmackDown, you just see the overall improvement of the product uh, as a whole. Uh, morale... Is definitely up in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You you see people that uh, were let go from WWE before, kind of hinting that they want to come back to work under Triple H. Um, it honestly, it's just it's a good time to be a wrestling fan in the sense that watching Raw, watching SmackDown the last two three weeks gives me that feeling like I'm back in the middle of the Attitude Era where. You know, the granted, the quality of the wrestling back then was very hit or miss depending on who was in the ring. But, I mean, the quality of the wrestling in the ring has improved. We've actually given more time to guys that are really good in the ring to actually showcase their craft. We're seeing the development of stories, subtle storytelling. Just from start to finish, we're actually giving people direction. And that's what I love. It's, it's not people out there floundering, meandering. You know, it's literally, we are not just telling stories in the ring, but we are developing long-term storylines out of it. Or at least on a more consistent basis, with more wrestlers, not named Roman Reigns, not named Brock Lesnar, we're actually bringing more people to the forefront.
0: Well, it's nice to see that you're not doing the typical Vince McMahon, okay, either you're going to have the same wrestlers wrestle each other every single week for like two, three months. Or the way you start a new uh, feud is that a guy cuts a promo, and then all of a sudden, somebody uh, interrupts him. And then, bam, the guy that interrupts him is now the next guy is going to wrestle for like 10 weeks straight in a row. They're doing little subtle things to start progressing different storylines, different feuds It's making it interesting. It feels like you have to tune in to see what's coming up. It's it's unexpected. Well, you know, like, I'll I'll
2: give you a perfect example of, like, Seeing, seeing guys wrestle week to week in a similar format or whatever but how it works here yeah. and it didn't work before like while we're recording this Monday Night Raw is happening so we're, we're maybe about an hour and a half into Raw right now as of recording this um, they were just advertising a tag team match AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley against The Miz and Champa. now these three individuals have been embroiled with Bobby Lashley in the U.S. title picture over the last few weeks, going back to SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. or post-SummerSlam. You know, Ciampa had a banger match with Bobby Lashley two weeks ago. AJ comes out last week and, again, puts on a great psychological match. Like, he was the underdog, obviously, against Bobby Lashley, at least from a size standpoint. Bobby dominated about 75 80% of the match. But when AJ would get his shots in, when AJ would get his offense in, it looked believable. Like he was clawing back, fighting back. Post match, you have Miz and Champa that are you know getting involved, interfering, all this stuff. We now roll this over to the next week. We still have a finish to the match. It's not a DQ finish. It's not a you know bullshit thing. We actually have a finish to the match, and then we have chicanery, and then we have a reason to tune in the next week to see these guys go against each other. Whereas before, literally, it would just been rematch after, rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. There's actually a logical reason why these guys are teaming up against Miz and Champa. Yeah. You know. Um, going back to just, just from laying wrestlers do what they do in the ring. Let's talk about SmackDown for a second. Because this past week's edition of SmackDown, you had maybe about a third of the show, if not a little bit more... That was dedicated to the number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship. So they had... Um, oh yeah, they had a... Uh, it was what, like five a fatal match? Fatal five-way. Yeah. You know, but they <clears throat> literally got more than enough time to go out there. Everybody got their spots. Everybody looked convincing. It looked like it could have gone a number of different ways. Was I a bit surprised that Sheamus ended up winning the match? Yes and no. I was going to say the fact that he's going to be facing off against uh, Gunter, Gunter at Clash of at, Yeah, in Cardiff. That makes sense. Sheamus is going to be in a featured spot in his home area. Yeah. You, you know, kind of. Yeah, you know I mean? It, it makes perfect sense. And it'll be a good match because he's a fucking bruising, brawling fighter. Gunter is a bruising, brawling fighter. Just let two big, strapping, white as fuck men beat the ever-loving piss out of each other till they turn pink dude, and we'll red. to talk about man-slapping
0: man like, meat? That is going to be two dudes just slapping the hell out of each other. And that actually is on paper. I'm not the biggest Sheamus fan, but he has turned me... Uh, became a fan of his during COVID when he yeah. put on banger matches with Drew McIntyre. I yeah. actually turned... I turned. I was like, you know what? This dude, I hear him my respect. So to see those two finally have a match, you know... At Clash the Castle, I think the crowd's going to be rocking for that match. I'm excited. Oh, yeah.
2: But just the importance that, again, we are putting on those mid-card championships. The fact that we're building a significant program on Raw for the U.S. championship and that it means something. The fact that we get those video packages and vignettes that hype up the history of the U.S. championship and the Intercontinental Championship and that these titles mean something fact that we are building that importance back up that's huge
0: well it's interesting because because you have a guy like what they did with john Cena when they put the u.s belt on him they're doing the u.s open challenge it doesn't feel like that but the fact that you got a name like one of your biggest stars somebody who should theoretically be world champion but you put a secondary title on it 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 doesn't it's not it i think eventually it'll get to the point where like this will be the equivalent of a u.s of a World Championship because we put it on a guy that is a world champion because Roman's basically hijacking the titles so we need to do something so putting it on Lashley and letting him be dominant with him for an extended period it's a smart move I feel well yeah no
2: it's it's very
0: smart and and actually like you know with Gunter being the
2: Intercontinental Champion yeah it makes sense because he's that dominating force that really could seriously contend for a world championship when the time is right. You build the right program, you put him with the right dance partner. It's very believable that he could go in there and come out as champ. But, I mean, on the main roster, we need to build up his credibility. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, I hate to be that guy, but us, like, hardcore fans, we know Gunter, we know Walter we know what he can do. We, we know he's capable of being a mainstay guy, but to the younger <laughs> main audience who might not have seen him in NXT, who don't really know much about him, because he was just at U- NXT UK, which we got to talk about that in a little while, briefly for a second. You saw how dominant, what, 800 and something days, 74 days or something as champion? Yeah. So... You, We know how hardcore he could be. You just need to build him up so that the main audience sees how dominant he is to get to that point.
2: But the fact that we're elevating these titles back to that status is not just like the workhorse title, but it was the stepping stone. Yeah. How you ran with that intercontinental belt gave Vince that that idea like, hey, this person could be the guy to carry my company as the world champion. <laughs>
0: I like the, the the day and age of having the secondary title like hey you're the IC belt okay so that means this guy could be a future champion one day I think what did that a disservice was the money in the bank because now you got these guys who theoretically they should have won the IC belt had a long extended run with it they're just getting a, a briefcase and then oh I'm gonna cash in and get become an automatic champion per se. So I think they need to step away from that a little bit, build those belts back up to what those were. It's, instead of being the belt that you win to be a world champion, although in Gunther's case that is the case, let it be like what Cody used to say about the TNT title, this to me is the world championship. I'm the champion. I am a champion. Make it bigger than the world champion because you're the champion. Well, like we again, we don't
2: necessarily need to see the world champion wrestle every week. No. On
0: TV, I don't want to see that. But
2: having that mid card championship be the representative for USA on. Um, you know, for Raw, and then on Fox for SmackDown, like this is the guy that you are going to get every week defending his belt or whatever like that, that's good. That, that is a good thing. And that's why
0: having those titles mean something again is important. Then it should also showcase the help that cause You should showcase your mid-carders or guys that were in the world title pitcher that just got out of it. Have them show a desire to really want that title. If they show that they really want the belt, I think it gives it more meaning as well. Let other wrestlers show how much badly they want to like, be me, that. Me, I'm a big, I'm a big Ziggler guy. I've always
2: been. Okay, mm-hmm. what they've done with Ziggler the last few weeks, granted, it's been in losing efforts with Theory and with Finn. Uh, yes. But it, you know, it, it having him go out there, and put on 15 minute matches. You know, really showcasing the other star. You know, we talked about it before that, like we had to think. You know, if uh, Kurt Hennig was like the best seller of his day, like if there's anybody that's comparable to him today from a selling standpoint, I think it's Dolph. Just as far as
0: making other wrestlers look good. When you talk about top sellers in the business, top ten sellers, you definitely throw Ziggler's name in that list. And yeah, you think of a Kurt Henning because I guess maybe it's the blonde hair or whatever. He's a combination of like Hurt Henning and Shawn Michaels, sellability. I'm not going to say he's as good as them, but man, he's fucking he's good. He's very good. He's fucking but good. But the thing is, it doesn't
2: work him selling if he's going out there and he's losing quick matches week in, week out. Actually, or he's maybe. not featured or you anything like that. got the like right that.
1: city, huh? got the wrong wrestler. Best seller. <laughs> he might be. at the... got the right city, the wrong wrestler. Okay. Because The Miz made fucking... Bad Bunny looked great. Well, okay.
0: I yeah. That yeah, was I John Morrison Well, Miz did okay job too, but John Morrison was mainly the guy. John
1: Morrison wasn't in the ring the SummerSlam either with uh, uh Paul. Yeah. Just saying. No, but, I, but I'm Death also but city. I'm Death also Ray a Red. big
2: Miz fan, so I mean hey. But no, but what I'm saying is though, you know put if, a, if you if you put him out there and you let him have good well, matches with guys if, say, he gets thrown into a main event picture, if, if say, Ziggler is now going to be facing Roman Reigns to represent Raw, you know, for the champ, it's not going to be like a what the fuck are they doing. If you actually put him out there on TV on a consistent basis,
0: wrestling in good quality matches there's, with good quality talent. So there's, there's two trains of thought to that, and I'm going to touch on your point and try to make your point. Okay, so Ziggler's going out there. Okay, you have three hours of raw you need to fill up. You're putting wrestling back in the industry. Let's get guys that could work. Ziggler's one of the best in-ring workers there is on your your, uh, roster right now. So yeah, he's having losing efforts, but the fans don't really see the Ls, even if they're clean, because of the performance he's putting on that's getting over. So the fans appreciate the work that's being input in there. What
2: I think, though, going back to because t- I was piggybacking on a point that you were trying to make earlier, uh-huh. is that
0: we're building other
2: stars, yes. and you need to you need to build people oh, that yeah. can make it to the because main event. You want
0: to you want to push Austin Theory because he's the uh, Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, and yet you you can't have Ziggler beat Finn Balor because he's the leader of the Judgment well,
2: Day. Well, because for a while there, it was like, who are you going to feed to Roman? True. Who who are you going to feed? Who have they built up? That you could feed to Roman. That's why we got Roman and Brock so many times in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, okay, now we have Drew. Drew's a believable thing, but they held off on that for a bit. But, I mean, you have to build up talent that can make it to the main event.
0: Well, now in the Triple Secret H, H Swift, era, I think, yeah. we, I think we are going to start doing but that. We, we've, we've started seeing that already. Well, this past week on SmackDown with Drew McIntyre. uh, You know, you thought Drew McIntyre, first of all, let's just get into the fact that, like, Drew McIntyre is in the ring talking about what he's going to do to the Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. Kevin Owens comes out for whatever oh. reason. Yeah, and last Drew, week on Raw. Like, or, or, was that last week on Raw? I thought it was... God, I thought no, it was, that was like, Raw. That, that was Raw. God damn, I was going to say. because like, They had a fucking pay-per-view match Professional wrestlers in a professional wrestling ring. Let's wrestle. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" He just said the taboo word three times, and the war,
2: and, and the show didn't stop. I'm sorry, Holy I've been, shit! I've
0: been working like crazy, so like no,
2: the fact that the crowd even did
0: let out an audible. Ooh! So, but uh, this great. But it's for great. Drew this week on SmackDown, so he goes up and pretty much beats up the Usos, and then you know um, Roman Reigns comes out, and you're thinking that he's just gonna destroy. Uh, Roman, I mean uh, Drew McIntyre, and then Drew McIntyre. Oh, he was getting ready for the Claymore kick. Sami Zayn put, takes the fall for well, Roman. Well, well. So okay, to
2: to clear it up a little bit, um, he beat up the Usos on Raw. Raw, yes. So. They it's couldn't make it a smack to SmackDown down because they had trouble crossing the border. Now, how much of that is also related to uh, yeah to Usos prior legal
0: troubles? Legal troubles yes. You know,
2: meh, but just the fact that they weren't there and that Sammy was and Sammy actually has the opportunity to be in Roman's ear
1: mm-hmm. and
2: Roman's actually entertaining it you almost, I mean, again this has to build to at some point where Roman just fucking flat out shits all over Sammy the bloodline just beats the ever loving hell out of him and yes, then we get that pairing of Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn that we're dying to see again but, to, to your point though it was great to see Sammy bite the bullet yeah. for Roman, but then Roman
0: still gets Claymore kick. That's that was the beauty of it because you thought you instantly, immediately thought, oh, Roman's gonna spear him or hit him with the Superman punch, whatever. Roman's gonna pose, but no, you got to sell the pay per view and make Drew look strong. So then you have Drew come out and still hit the Claymore kick on Roman to end Monday Night Raw, holding up the titles. It's a beautiful way to. Uh, you still got a one week left to build to Clash of the Castle, but damn, it's a uh, really. Now, with that yeah. said, do I realistically think Drew McIntyre is going to beat Roman for the belt for both belts, or what is it? Both belts, mm-hmm. or is it one belt? <laughs> it's for both. Now, nah, well, but Roman's going to win. But look at it like this: do
2: Do we get the rematch down the road, where? Because because you also have Killer Cross that factors into this equation too yeah. at some point. Okay, do we end up doing a triple threat match where? You know, it's maybe two, two like two pinfalls, and it's you know for each belt like pinfall for one belt, pinfall for the other, Ow. and that's how we split it up some way somehow. I mean, that's hypothetical. We can get into what if territory later on. Yeah, but I mean, it you know that the, just the fact that Killer Cross is is an even bigger deal we haven't even really touched too much on freaking top dollar the fact that hit row is back bfab all of that um just we're looking to bring more and more tag teams
0: into the equation like i, I would love for the tag team division to be what it was but again you have the same problem Well, touched, touched, we just touched on it a second ago you have the unified tag team champions in the usos the whole Bloodline storyline. Okay, great. That builds up the Bloodline. But under Vince McMahon didn't like tag teams. Triple H likes tag teams. We just brought back Hit Row, but we were talking about, hey, maybe Sammy and Kevin Owens can form a tag team and be the ones to usurp the Usos. There's that. Here, Here's another thing that I'll throw out there.
2: Um, the uh, top guy... Or not top guys. Um, shit. Carl uh, Anderson and... Um, and, uh, oh, Lou Gallows. Lou Gallows, their contract in TNA is Tom. now expired. Yeah. They—that's um, right. They—they're uh, working on a handshake agreement extension through the end of the month. Then I think they're going to be doing a month in New Japan, doing dates. But come September or end of September, they are free agents in the freest of sense. Do they go back to WWE? I know their first run wasn't necessarily the greatest, but again, Vince McMahon is not at the helm anymore. Do they go to AEW? Don't know. But, I mean, that is a tag team that could realistically come back. Um, you have to think that they're shooting themselves now when well, you look at what the the team formerly well, known as Shoot. they They're 0, building
0: up. And how they're thriving. Okay, so to touch on tag teams in SmackDown, Triple H was big on the Viking Raiders in NXT. He's kind of building them up to be monsters right now. Right. So he is starting slowly to you know form that tag team division now. Now you can make sense to have the brand split. I mean, the uh, the tag teams on both brands. If you wanted to go that route, if you do decide to build up those tag teams, still think we need a few more tag teams to really round out each roster. Actually, you know what? I was thinking that as I was saying, I was like, you know what? Keep the unified belts because you really don't have that many tag team champions.
1: Like you were talking about tag teams, but what what's been bringing my mind? I've been trying to wrap my head around stuff. Is you talked about Dolph Ziggler a little while ago goes, but he lo- he he looks like he lost a lot of weight. With Dawson. Yeah.
0: I like because Robert six. Rude's
1: nowhere to be found. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Think about that.
0: The big dog, dirty dogs. Dude, if Triple H lets Robert Rude or uh Bobby Rude Ruder. Robert Rude, I always get confused. You shouldn't be because there's TNA, Robert Rude. If he lets him go back to the glorious wearing the Wearing the apron or uh, Wearing the robe. Wearing the ropes, sorry. and just come out to the glorious theme song and let him be what he was in NXT and show him as a true contender or main event guy, I would effing I love that man. It'd be it'd be glorious. Pun intended. Be awesome. I
1: would just say that that's one of the points where since since Triple took over, he He's been missing T V been missing T V. Dolph has been singles. A lot. There's no injury. I've been looking if there's any injury. I won't be shocked. You see, Glorious come soon. Oh, wait a minute. He is from Canada, right?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's Canadian. Mm -hmm. Maybe an hour left. Yeah, maybe
2: we see him pop up on Raw. Never know. But I mean, even like right now, you have Champ and Miz that they've been they've been doing some tag team work over the last couple of weeks, and like it's a partnership that. On paper doesn't make sense, but they've made it make sense on TV and storyline. So I mean, that's another potential tag team contender right there. So there's, and there's been this talk too about breaking up um, the, I keep wanting to call them the primetime players, the street profits. But I mean, again, I don't think you necessarily have to break that tag team up. If Montes Four wants to do more single stuff, that's cool. You can still have them operate as a tag team. I mean, granted, they don't need to be in the title picture for a while. I mean, they were just heavily featured in it. So, give them a rest. Build up some more tag teams. Keep them there. Keep them current. K, what, uh what you got on the Bobby Roode front? I saw you doing research. Here, I was man. just
0: making sure his name is Robert Roode, man. Because I keep flicking. Is it Bobby Roode? Is
1: it Robert Roode? It's Robert Roode. It's Robert Roode currently. It's tomato, tomato. You got to
0: remember, I'm thinking TNA, Bobby Roode. Yeah, it is. It's the same fucking thing. But yeah, he's been on television for a while now. And, um... Uh, yeah, but you're a point with the Street Profits. They don't need to break them up too soon. I know Vince loves breaking up tag teams. You, I think, yeah, you can still have the one tag team champions, but let them build up the other ones and make the tag team division relevant again.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, they, they've really done a number on tag team division in WWE, especially over the last couple of years. I mean, you, you can't have four, maybe five tag teams so it, over three brands. Or, or two brands and considering yeah, it, it was a, it was uh, uh,
0: division. Yeah, it was freaking you know RK Bro, it was Alpha Academy, and it was just Street Profits on Raw, and then SmackDown. You had the Usos, you had maybe the New Day, and then it was the Viking Raiders. Well,
2: the Mysterios and about, were also thrown oh, in yeah, there too. Oh yeah, Mysterios,
0: and then maybe. But I mean, the but Dary I
2: mean, Daryl still, you you have a pair of tag titles and three teams that are per brand. Yeah. Maybe
0: four teams total per brand, and it was like that's it. Okay, makes no sense. Some of them just thrown together teams too. Yeah, like. that's ma- that was majority of the Vince McMahon era. A lot of tag teams just thrown together. So like, oh, go, you know, make cars nothing to do. You're a tag team now. There you go. I was gonna say you. Um, I know you were working on the numbers
2: over there. Uh, you still working Ramsey. on it, or you want to get? Into how, that? Well, I was oh. gonna say let, let's talk about since Trips has taken over, just just how it's looking from an optics standpoint.
1: Uh, let's put it this way. Let's just look at Raw. So Monday Night Raw. Actually, an average since he took over on was it uh
2: like end of July
1: July twenty second July twenty yeah. second. Raw, Trail, SmackDown on average only by almost like a hundred thousand people views. That, uh, there right now SmackDown is averaging two point one million um, viewers. Raw is averaging 2.0. <laughs> so we
0: finally got over two million. Okay.
1: Yeah, they're they're averaging. That's the average right now, and and uh, let's say raw. Last week on raw was uh. One point nine million. Still decent. Um, they hit two point two million in, on uh the first of August, but their numbers, they, they it's just been, they've been revving up. Smackdown has been down slightly. But it's still it's still over 2 million. They had one uh, two weeks ago. It was like one point nine. But they're, they're still they're, hovering in that two million they're, they're, they're averaging that two million. They'll then, take
0: that. That's good numbers for them.
1: In, shit. in
0: today's landscape, that's good numbers. That's what I meant. Like by today's <clears> standards, <throat> yes.
1: NXTs is just averaging over six hundred forty-two thousand a week. They 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 beating Rampage by almost by two hundred thousand.
0: But well, rampage is in like your four hundred thousand because four hundred fifty-two thousand because it's at you know nine o'clock on a Friday. On we do we do you know. need to talk
2: about rampage though for for a little bit, but we'll we'll get to that and a little later.
1: Dynamite's averaging nine hundred sixty-sixty. They just can't. They're always at that level. They, they, they can't break get,
0: I think their highest ever was like one point two, and it's always at like right around the nine hundred thousand though for them.
1: Yeah. So it, it just the, it, it's funny looking at it. That you see the numbers, especially since since um, since Triple H has taken over, that it's just been and Raw has been like, you got, you, we were complaining this time last year that Raw, three hours is too much. Now, I'll say this. Three hours is too little. I'll never say uh, that. But. I'll say it. I, I, I'll say it. Because I, like I sit here I the last couple of weeks I've been sitting watching every single Raw live and I've been like, damn, I'm not ready for it to go off.
2: It's not. It, it's no longer a chore to watch Raw. Like like that. That that's the thing. There there was a long period of time there where I would not watch Raw and I would just read the results or I'd watch you know
0: like an online review.
1: Whoa! Oh shit! There we go. Now go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Yo, Randy, it's your point, he was just watching Raw. Know. What the fuck no, is that? You know who it is. So no, it ain't Dexter Lumis. No, it's not. So to touch on Randy's point, I did the same thing. Raw was a chore for me, and I would DVR and fast-forward like 90% of it. And then watch maybe certain segments that were entertaining. And if it was a match, I'd never watch matches on Raw. Unless, it very rarely did if, I ever. If,
2: if I had more than enough review sites or whatever talk about, it, it was a banger match, like, you need to do yourself a favor and watch. And yeah, I, you know, now he's now, there. Now yeah, there. So. Oh, and he's going after The Miz. So you don't know who he's going after <laughs> oh, he, well, Go.
0: well, the other guy went after AJ. So he wow. really want after. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, fans. Oh, you, uh, yeah, you, you, you suck in. <laughs> All right, sorry, fans. <laughs> Something about watching. Raw's been pretty good, man. We usually either re- uh, record on a Monday or a
2: Wednesday. To, so. but, uh, well Again, no, though, to Ramsey's point, like, no, like I don't think Raw needs more time, but it is not a chore to watch anymore, and I am definitely glued to my TV set for the entire three hours. Granted, the beauty of DVR, able to fast forward through commercials, able to fast forward maybe through some slow spots of the match, but. Yeah, so. I have no idea who that is.
0: Me neither. They'll find, they'll find, they'll show that on. That on. On the thing. Uh, Dude, three hours is still the fucking chore for me.
2: Well, no, it, it just, it, it flows a lot yeah. better than it did before. Because, like, literally, you know, you'd sit there and you'd now look mind at you, watch and be like, oh, God.
0: I, now, Okay, I will say this, though. Now that Triple H is in charge, if Raw was to come to the Smoothie King Center, I would actually entertain the idea of going as opposed to being like, no, I'm not going to that shit.
2: Well, like, like I, honestly, the last time I've gone to any live event was the last time WrestleMania was here in New Orleans. I haven't been to a Raw or a SmackDown since. And they've come numerous times. I just haven't had the desire to go because I, I didn't was, necessarily think that the quality of the product was that good. Yeah, great. it was
0: SmackDown. It was, like, two of them. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to that shit. Like, just, the card was, like, terrible. And I'm like, I might waste inter- I, Yeah. Now I'm more inclined to go. What I love is that they brought back the
2: element of unpredictability to it. Yeah. Because it's not as cookie cutter and as processed as it was as it's been really the last I'd say five to six years. Literally you could sit there and be like, This is what's gonna happen, this is how it's gonna go down. they might throw a swerve in there every once in a while. But, I mean, you could pretty much see how everything would play out from start to finish, whatever an angle would be presented or whatever. You just knew how it was going to go down. Now you really don't know what the hell is going to happen. And that was the beautiful thing about the Attitude Era, that I don't necessarily think when fans were clamoring to go back to the Attitude Era, I don't necessarily think they were looking for tits and ass. Every week on the show, or all these over sexualized gimmicks, well, you wanted to bring back that unpredictability aspect. Okay, so
0: they started off with like the TNA and the edgier product with the generation extra Sean Michael, Triple H to kind of spark people because like they were still trying to get out of the cartoon era, and NWO was cool, so they wanted to get eyeballs, and it was working. DX was doing stuff that you're like, can they say that on TV? Can they do that? It's like, they're doing it, you know, the crotch chop and all the salacious verb words that they're using, sexualized tones, manners. And then, all of a sudden, with the uh, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon angle, it was must-watch because you don't know what's going to happen week to week with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. You had to tune in to watch out. And then it became other storylines down the road. Kane, Undertaker, where is this going? It was great storytelling that you had to watch week to week. You're kind of getting little, any bit, bits of um uh, nuggets of that right now with Triple H. You're just now with, with Dustin Loomis. What the hell's going on with this storyline? Yeah, we're trying to
2: figure out who was the guy that jumped AJ, and then that was a swerve because it was like, oh, who's that guy? That's not Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Then boom, Dexter Loomis shows up and fucking kidnaps the Miz, mm-hmm. drags him through the crowd
0: out of the exit. Boom. done. Why did he go after the Miz? We thought he was going after AJ. What's all this about? So now it's like, now I got to find out next week why did he take the Miz? What happened to the Miz? So Miz is gone.
1: <laughs> 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 He's not here no more. No, but, but no,
2: it's that unpredictable nature that 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 is what WWE has been missing for a long time. And that's why, like, really the only unpredictable aspect of it, if, if you go back, I'd say over the course of the last even like ten years, because really post COVID or even like right around COVID, you know, the the Raw and the SmackDown after Mania wasn't necessarily what it had be what it had been. It's like, we don't know who's going to debut. We don't know who's going to come back. That was the unpredictable thing, and that's why the numbers were always the highest after Mania is because people wanted to tune in and see what was going to happen because that was really the only time that WWE was unpredictable.
0: It. I mean, obviously the crowd always made the show more fun, and then just being wrestling awesome in the weekend, they wanted to do some fun for the audience. But yeah, it was always who's going to return. You always had your return or your debut, either or. The night after WrestleMania, because it's a brand new year. Hey, we're going to start our stories offline right here. So, yeah, if you if you give us that type of vibe, like expect the unexpected, or it's hard to do week to week, I understand that. But it, you can just do it with current s- stars and new storylines. Oh, where's this going? What's happening here? But even like the even like this Dexter Loomis thing,
2: it's just, it's a, it's just beautiful. Because when we were recording the last show you know, we, we kind of touched on it at the end of it. It was like, oh, Dexter Loomis, blah, blah, blah. It was like we had it on the background, but we hadn't really been watching. Like, I actually went back and watched that Raw. Yeah. And it was great, the subtle storytelling that he did throughout the entire show. The whole, oh, there's a, there's a car that's back here that is parked, like, where it shouldn't be parked. What's going on? Then all of a sudden, there's like, oh, there's a hand that's appearing in a doorway or whatever like that. Or you go the next week. There's um, there's a trash can that's on fire and officials are rushing to to put the fire out you know like just all these little things of like there there's stuff going on like they're interviewing a wrestler or a wrestler's walking through the locker room and the camera's panned on him but then you see in the background these little like moving pieces like we're telling a story within a story it's like i loved that
0: little they
2: actually tweet okay, so
0: that, so you're touching your point which you probably just talked about i'm sorry I was thinking about my next thing, um, but yeah, like with Karen Cross doing a little interview, but he's kind of being hush about it. And then next thing you know, he kind of looks over, and they cut away to Drew McIntyre off in the distance, like he's kind of watching. I like that camera angle, and I like how they kind of did that. It was different.
2: Yeah, I mean, look. Granted, I love the fact that they have the attitude. It's a new, it's a new regime. It's a new
0: era. Let's let's do some different shit. Speaking of which, are they going to let USA Network and Fox? Or is that? Is that a done deal? Are they going back to PG-14 or, you know... It's
1: already happened.
0: It's already did happen? Okay, because I thought they were definitely doing it, and I wasn't sure if it is, in fact, already in place, or is it going to wait till later that they're doing it? Well,
2: that. I they said they were going to do it, and then they, like, backed off on, like, the timeline to do it, but, I mean, like, again, going back to, like, the point that I was making before, you don't necessarily need tits and ass on TV to make it a TV-14 product. Just don't dumb it down, and I feel like we've gotten a lot of dumbed-down television over the course of the last few years, Like especially when guys not named AJ Styles mm-hmm. that had success elsewhere make their debut, and you're like, who is this person? Whoa! So, yeah, you have... Whoa! Uh, son of a... All right, pause it, <laughs> and we're back. Um... <laughs> So this, this, if we're going to keep recording on a Monday night, this might be a recurring thing where we just abruptly stop the podcast to tune into what's going on on Raw. But, spoiler alert, Johnny Gargano is now back and is a member of the Monday Night Raw roster. Damn! And the fact that, like, yeah, you know, he came out, he said his piece, got interrupted by Austin Theory. Austin talked down to him in a literal sense because, I mean, he, he's, he's got, like, almost a foot on Johnny. But... No, just, just, you know, talk down to him and everything like that. Ate a super kick from Gargano. And that's, uh, I guess now that's going to be a feud that we're building. Friggin' Ramsey, while we had this thing paused and we were watching, is like, they're telling me, he's going to feud with theory. He's going to feud with theory. Sure enough, boom, there we go. Or, the thing that you had said was that they were briefly going to re- reignite the way. They said it briefly. Very briefly. And, and that was we, briefly. Yeah, very briefly. <laughs> No, you See, again, that's what we were talking about before about the unpredictability of RAW because the friggin' smart money would tell you if Gargano's is going to come back, it would have been last week in Cleveland, his hometown, but he didn't. Came
0: back in Toronto the very next week. Yeah, that was fucking two weeks ago when we were recording, we were sitting there thinking like, "Oh, Gargano's going to show up." Two Gar- weeks ago, yeah. Gargano's going to show up. Gargano's going to show up. And uh, no, he didn't. Dexter Loomis kind of showed up, so you're thinking maybe they're going to do something with them. And then, oh, Austin Theory shows up, in tonight it's like, wow, they're really pulling all the guns, man. So now you got Johnny Gargano made his debut, in the main roster, the trip under the Triple H era, been gone what, nine months. So now yeah. it's, it's like he's
2: not Johnny Sports Entertainment. He's Johnny Wrestling. Love it, love it. Love it. But you know, again, <laughs> they didn't have to dumb it. Damn, they didn't have to dumb it down for people at home. Or at least the commentators didn't have to dumb it down. Oh, who's this guy? Oh, God. Like, who's this guy that's coming out here? Uh, what? Maybe you knew him from NXT. Uh, but he, he's not Johnny Gargano anymore. He's Johnny Wrestling. No, uh, you always have, like... The, you know, like...
0: You have, like, the two announcers play dumb. And then you have the one announcer, like Michael Cole, will be like, uh-uh-uh. Guys, I, I believe that's uh, Johnny Gargano from, from, from NXT. You know, the, 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 the show that...
2: I mean, like, look. As soon as his name came up on the jumbotron, the fucking fans went ballistic. I knew who was, man. Yeah, no. It's again, we're not having our intelligence insulted. We're not having it dumbed down for us. We know who these people are. We don't have to change their names. We don't have to give them a different gimmick. Just fucking go out there and let them do what the fans know they're good at. Shit.
0: Ah, oh, shit. Damn it. God damn. You know, I just want to do these things. I'm like trying to record a goddamn podcast here. Fucking raw. Twice now, I had it to pause, but, because I'm like, I have to watch this now. I have to know what's going on. We're trying to do a show here. Come on, WWE. No, no, I do no. enjoy you, it, though. No, man. you, do. keep, you <laughs> do. keep doing that, WWE,
2: because that is what has been lacking for a long time in your product. It doesn't feel stale. It doesn't feel boring. It feels fresh. It feels new. Or, again, going back to the whole thing, or my whole correlation with the attitude era, what is old is now new again, and that we're getting unpredictable TV, and i Fucking love
0: it, dude! Already 509 comments on WWE's uh, Instagram page. Fans just blowing it up, man. Just everybody, fire, fire. Just clicks,
1: just, emojis. Just think about it. The last two segments, you had Dexter Lumis, which is not not people in in WWE world know too much about because he was he was one of those characters. in NXT he was like, oh, this dude's fucking weird. But y- if you watched. NXT, you, you you either love them, you hate them, you are gonna love them. Then, in that same segment, you had Tom, you had uh, Champa, and then the n- next one now you had freaking Johnny Gargano, and they all tied into each other because you know Johnny Gargano, like you said on the, in his promo that he won the titles there in Toronto <coughs> with Tommaso Champa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then, oh
0: dude, you gotta have them WrestleMania. You gotta find a way to do it. It it just writes itself. I,
1: oh, that'd be awesome. There's just so many things going on, you know. You know, a question is now is like, hey, where's, <laughs> where's Where's the Miz? Where's the Miz? <laughs> Dude, I, I am genuinely
2: curious what they're what they're gonna do with Dex. Just the fact that we don't even know who the who the guy that assaulted AJ Styles was.
1: Man, I was trying to, I have paused it, I looked he looks familiar. I don't know. But if you look at it, the funny thing is, if you go look at that that moment, there's a guy, there's a police officer in a riot helmet. That's Dexter Loomis. Mm-hmm. Same fucking uh, top. You saw it. He pulled this fuck pulled the kid, the guy's head up to show his fucking face. So it was kinda like, alright, alright, everything's on stage. Then right after, boom, Dexter Loomis comes out, it's like, huh. And then earlier tonight, if you, and then little little, the little uh, Easter eggs. There's a uh, scene where there's a, something on fire again, and it was the guy in the riot gear standing there talking to the guys, and I was like, why is he in a fucking helmet? <laughs> and it just like, and then now like, boom, Dex Loomis. There we go. Little little Easter eggs. I, I'm loving this shit. Kurt Angle's going to be on on Raw next week in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
2: Hmm. Very yeah. curious as to what's going to go down there.
1: He's going to be taken. I, you
2: know, well, <laughs> he actually made a comment about how he wanted to wrestle AJ. Or he wanted to come out of quote-unquote retirement to have a match with AJ Styles.
1: Dexter Lewis is going to take him.
2: <laughs> I just want to know where he's taking him to. But I'm going to have to keep tuning in to find out. You know, it's interesting is, like, especially with the WWE product before, when we would get together on these Monday nights to record this podcast, we would have to come in and do, like, pre... Not, not like, pre-packaged content, but we would have to do a show that was based around a gimmick or something like that because, you know, it's like, hey, do we really want to talk about the WWE product at length? But it's like, no, we could just riff on this right now because... Shit, they're giving us shit to talk about, and that's
0: a that's a great thing. I mean, if you really honestly think about it, man, like Triple H era, you you basically taken what you wanted NXT to be on the main roster, and it's finally happening, which we never thought we'd get to see, and it's happening a lot sooner than what we realized.
1: Well, it, let
2: let's actually dive into an interesting uh, thing that came up. Uh, we we kind of touched on it maybe a little bit last podcast, but we were talking about like some of the old guard events. Whether they would still be there or not, like I know Kevin Dunn's name is, is a guy. That's a guy that's reviled in almost all corners of the wrestling industry. Like there are not a lot of people that are big fans of his. You know that kind of are ready to see him go in favor of like maybe somebody else stepping into that director's chair. But like an interesting thing that came up, we talked about Bruce Prichard, and we were talking about you know how Bruce may not be long for this world because he's not necessarily well liked by Stephanie and. Trips, but at the same time, like a lot of their beef with Bruce was ages ago, mm-hmm. and that felt like it had been squashed, especially when he's on WWE Network with his version of the podcast or like with the podcast oh, yeah, a on air. There, they bring him in to do different projects before formally bringing him back into the fold in a creative role. But I watched, uh, or I, I just watched earlier today. Um, Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff actually talking about, you know, could Bruce thrive under Triple H or is he going to be, like, one of the next cuts coming? And Eric did bring up a good point that, like, in a sense of, like, Triple H can come up with good ideas and maybe see the execution through. Bruce is a guy that can come up with plenty of ideas and then maybe they just need a bit of refinement. And I think, like, realistically, Triple H's comments, or his first public comments when he assumed the new role and, you know, was going to be taking over creative about how he's going to take all ideas, every idea, it doesn't matter where they come from. Yeah. I do feel like it would be the Triple H's benefit to have a guy like uh, Bruce Pritchard, like Paul Heyman being a little more involved in the creative process again taking the ideas from those guys and having trips fine-tune it and narrow it out and make it make sense I agree with that you know it's like I don't necessarily think that Bruce Pritchard is gonna be gone soon maybe they don't renew his contract when it comes up that could be the case but I don't I don't see how at this point in the game you get rid of creative minds when I think you could use all the creative minds you can get and then
0: just fine-tune all of that no, it'd be interesting to see because I'm like, because, you know, I listened to something Russell with, man, they haven't come out with a new show in over 10 weeks. They've just been doing mega episodes because Bruce has been so damn busy. And I was like, and they're <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess they're just keeping uh, the show running until Bruce gets fired again. Like, that's the whole what the fans, like, the comments section's been saying. So, but I'm like, well, they don't have to do these late night pitch meetings, so maybe he'll have more time, like, with the Vince. So, you know, I feel we've been talking a lot about WWE, man. I feel maybe we should change it up a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, let, let, let's talk about AEW because there there
2: are a lot of eyebrow raising things that uh, kind of occurred over the last two weeks. Um, first off, we knew Kenny was going to be coming back when they announced the the trios tournament. Yeah, and there was a whole storyline of who was going to be the Bucks' third partner. You know, you knew that it was going to be Kenny. Even Tony had said that for the longest time he had stalled on debuting the trios title. Because he wanted Kenny Omega back to be there for it, so I knew it was going to happen. But the way Kenny looked, at, at least like from a ring garb standpoint, it's kind of odd. Like he was wearing a compression shirt it with the brace. It was made to try
0: to be bigger than what it was. It just felt weird, like to your point, with the you know wearing the, I guess the. Sp- Whatever the underarm type shirt is, well, it was, it was
2: a compression shirt, compression but it was shirt. more so the 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 very noticeable brace. Yeah, like yeah, a brace wearing. on his
0: shoulder. So he's definitely not healed up. But the fact that you can mask a lot of those um, injuries, but being in a six man tag, because you can have the young bucks do majority of the wrestling, you come in, do a couple moves, and then. Tag but he down. actually did a good bit of work in that match. It wasn't like I mean, granted. He still couldn't do like everything do that he the, used to. Yeah, he didn't do the flip over the top rope. He teased it a lot. He, I knew he wasn't going to do it. I'm like, he's too banged up for that. But he did do some decent. Now, no, mind you, he took a hell of a fucking fall when uh, the dragon guy drove through. The, they had uh, the uh, the dragon kid. Dragonly. League. Dragonly. League, thank you. Should know that. I watched. I watched New Japan. They uh, they propped him up. Rush and uh, Eldorado uh, put. They pushed up the guardrail, and they had uh, Kenny Omega sitting on the guardrail, and then Dragon Lee did a hell of a suicide dive, and he took out Kenny Omega, and he landed hard on the concrete behind him. And they, did, they, they like they landed on one of the fans. I was like, "Ooh, that had to fucking hurt." I was like, "Up, oh, Kenny's on the shelf again." <laughs> so we'll see what happens because he looked kind of weird hitting the one wing angel at the very end. It wasn't as smooth as it normally is. I <clears> don't. <throat> I get that like.
2: He's also probably been doing, like, some, you know, training Mm -hmm. on the side, like, to to get back into, quote-unquote, ring shape. But until you're actually in the live wrestling ring, in front of a crowd, doing that stuff, you're going to have ring rust. Like like I say, you, you can do all the ring work you can outside of, like, actual TV, but once you're in front of a crowd, that's how you get off the ring rust. And, I mean, he's still got a ways to go, but, I mean, shit, I'll take a fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent Kenny Omega. Well,
0: that's all you need for the yeah. for the six man trios belts. So it it'll be interesting to see where they're going to go with that. And it was nice to see him return. I just felt there was a little rush, but you had to kind of pull the trigger on it. Now I don't know if they're gonna the uh, I don't think they're gonna declare the champions at all in because you still got a ways. The tournament just started really. So yeah. And speaking of which, like all ends a week and a half away. And you really don't have any matches set up for it. And the fact that, let's just get into it. Fuck. Like, your interim champion is going to be taking on Aww. CM Punk this Wednesday in Cleveland, Ohio. You set up a pay-per-view worthy match instantly on Dynamite. And this is a pretty big Dynamite. Because CM Punk felt like he's, his return felt a little rushed. You're like, wow, his foot was, I thought it was broken. He's coming back off of. He look. I mean, he looks good. I mean, he made a point of hopping months. around on, on on one leg,
2: so and showed the foot was fine. I, you know, it, the way that they've kind of built this up, I, mm, the way, well, when when CM Punk actually made the surprise return, okay, and him and Moxley had that epic stare, uh, stare down in the ring, and Mox basically flips him the double bird and then walks, not even it, it just just like fucking, you know. She, shoulder shots him and my, walks out the ring. And Punk doesn't retaliate. Punk just starts dancing around in the ring. He's like, oh my God, I
0: love... Him. I will give you this, though. Like... The the, the promo to start off AEW Dynamite, CM Punk comes out, mm-hmm. gets the microphone, kudos to CM Punk, cuts a very good promo Now, the, the fact that he kind of dove into... You know, we can touch on the Adam, Hangman page if you want to. Yep. Um... That you know, there's this hearsay with the dirt sheets and all this bullshit. How they're trying to serve the fans, making things seem much more bigger than what they really are. There probably is a little bit of heat between Hangman Page and CM Punk in real life. I won't deny that. Maybe they don't like each other on the, the best of terms. But uh, that you have dirt sheets that are saying that Punk went in business for himself, and that he that well, nobody
2: knew that he was going to call out Hangman. That it was. But
0: a... that's based on Hangman Page supposedly going into business for himself and a CM Punk. Earlier, and he was trying to get retaliation for that. Yeah, to call him out, knowing that that's not part of the storyline, it makes his character look weak. Because what what are you going to do? But again, the dirt sheets say a lot of things, but how often are the
2: dirt sheets right? Exactly. You know, and and that's and that's the thing too. Is like the whole business is the Garner. You know, like I watch uh, I watch uh, being the elite earlier today, and they like address that in a sense, but in a comical way, and it's almost as if like. Adam Page knew what was going on, but didn't care. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if Adam Page wasn't expecting to be called out, you know, as the dirt sheets have been led to believe, and that it divided the locker room, oh, my God, blah, 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 It's like, well, that's not really the impression I took away from watching Being the Elite today. Yeah, so I think they're touching on those points. At the same time, you know, you have a lot of talk that saying Punk isn't happy with AEW. He's already attempted to quit multiple times and all this other stuff and yet punk in an interview uh, just a few days ago is talking about how this is like the best you know he's ever felt in his career that you know he's in a good place he's happy all this other
0: stuff well, like but, well did, didn't you know that uh, all the you know the virtues have to be like and i hate to be like a bruce Pritchard, tony Schiavone, fuck you know type type thing but this is the dirt sheets i hate even like all the news feeds cultaholic what culture all these Sean russ fights whatever fighter select that's how they build their business. They're trying to garner you like oh hearsay. Well, uh, but, well, but well. the fact that a lot of people take it as gospel. Yeah, well, well, well. You, you have the AEW originals who who are having you know they're, they're having a sprawl with the WWE uh, talent. They, they don't like each other, and we have to promote this narrative that there there's. Sparks friction. between friction and AEW right now. Oh, things are at all time low because WWE has Triple H running the things, and everybody wants to go back to WWE. And will AEW thrive? And it, it's all hearsay, man. Like we'll see what happens. You still have. I was going to touch on. I like what CM Punk did. We can touch on the, well, the bullshit. I like
2: I like the promo um, that he cut. Yeah, I was when gonna he went the into Moxley. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what, what I was to to say. The Moxley, love the promo.
0: Talking about like, hey and man, my, you weren't even the you were the bottom three. Of the the trio that you were in, you know. You're, you're in the bottom three of the faction that you're
2: in now. You're in the bottom three of the faction you were in before. Before, yes. And he's like,
0: oh, by the way, John, you're going to be the second best John I beat in Chicago for the belt. And then just like, and then you talked about Eddie it Kingston. You're the, the third best Eddie uh, that yeah. I've ever fought. And I was like, the second oh. best Kingston. And he's like, oh, yeah. God damn. So you just like, keep going and going. And I'm like, yeah, he's talking about Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Edwards. And it was like, I was like, wow, you know, like, he's just, cut, you know, and the way he did it, they didn't want to call out the names and let you know the old promotions and shit like that. But you, that knew. No, you knew, no, but you knew, if you're a wrestling fan, you knew who he's talking about. So he's like, am I telling lies? I hate when people say shit like that, trying to, but uh, he did cut a good promo and then Moxley comes out and I did like what CM Punk did because I love how he fucking called up it. oh, Moxley's coming out. Oh, good. I'll just sit in the ring <laughs> snow and do snowing. Yeah, I got time. I got time. But uh, no,
2: between that, I, lo- I love the fact, and I mean, if there is one criticism that I do have to levy against Moxley, it does feel like he's blading every fucking match that he's in, and I don't necessarily think that every match he's in necessarily calls for blood. It gets to a point when there's, you know, like, we've been saying, watching WWE for years and how Vince had a, like a no blood policy. Yeah. There's certain matches where color is called for. And no, you're all- same point in time in AEW, there are certain matches where blood is called for, a la uh, blood and guts or war or whatever, you know. But it feels like every single Moxley match is reduced to a blood spot, and that that is a legitimate criticism. I feel like against Moxley. Not taking anything away from what he has done since he's been back, um, in in the championship role. I feel like he has been the guy that has carried AEW for a good stretch of their run. But if there is a legitimate criticism to levy against him, it's that he relies on the red stuff way too much.
0: I will agree with you, but at the same time, I will somewhat stick up for Moxley in the sense that I think a lot of times when he's had fresh stitches, he goes and wrestles again and that shit opens up. So it kind of lends itself to making it look like he's blading every time blood. But but to your point, he does, blade, like, he does bleed a lot. More than any other wrestler, the match that he had against Jericho a couple weeks ago—that was a lot of blood. Yeah,
2: felt felt like it called for blood. Maybe not as much, but it felt like, especially the grueling match that the two of them put on. It was a banger. Yeah, you know, you could see their genuine hatred. And There's storyline to it that, like, yeah, that requires it. But like other matches that he's been in, I, I felt like it's it's been overkill. It's been way too much. You know? Oh yeah, no. So I loved when Punk threw the comment out like, "Oh, I don't want to touch you the wrong way, or else you might bleed all over yeah, I thought me." Yeah, that was know? funny
0: too. Like, this is, this is real stuff, and you know, yeah, they had they they got into it. Security broke them up not once but twice in the night because John Moxley came. Yeah, back but got... their,
2: their, I'm not gonna lie, their whole pull apart brawl was shit. Like beginning of Raw tonight, watching friggin' Riddle, Riddle and, and uh, Seth stuff. go at it, and how they legit kept getting pulled apart and kept lunging at each other, and beating the fuck out of each mm-hmm. other. You know. That looked a lot better than the whole pull apart brawl that Mox and Punk had. Feel like they could have done a little bit of a better job with that cuz that would have also helped to sell so the, the pay-per-view
0: more. But now we're getting this on Dynamite. Like we, so we kind of buried the lead there. We you, talked we, about it and now you're, we're you get it on Dynamite. And now to me and uh, Ramsey were kind of talking about this earlier. Um but why do you give it away for free on television? One of two things. What do you th- Go ahead. Uh, I was
1: saying. The guy that attacked AJ Styles with Santos Escobar. Former NXT. He just did his last match last week or so.
2: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. At Santos Escobar. Huh. He was a god. He was also back in the day uh, um, in uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. The god's champion.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. No, that's a good thing. I was curious as well. You what know, we're talking about with Moxley and Punk, we're like, why are you giving this match away? This is supposed to be your pay-per-view main event for All In. There is, so there's, there's a number of
2: possibilities here. Are they trying to pop a rating? Because them Number giving one, away, thank you. That
0: is the number one reason.
2: Because because them giving away a match like that, it screams shit that WCW used to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a pay-per-view caliber match that you should pay money to see that could be a huge payday for us, and we're giving it away on
0: free TV. A week TV. and a half before the payday. Now,
2: I know that, that there's a lot of, of of talk that's going around now because of Discovery slashing shows and slashing projects and everything that were under the Warner HBO banner. You know, that like they're trying to pop a number to please their new overlords, you know, because their television contract is going to be coming due soon. Yeah, I think at the end of the year. so or I think they have it through 2023, but renegotiations start at the end of the year. So they're trying to pop a number to look good for their new corporate overlords. Or are they trying to add a new wrinkle to the pay-per-view match? Is it going to be we get a schmoz finish on Dynamite, and then there's going to be a stipulation that's added at All Out? Um, or... Him calling out Adam Page and Adam Page not coming out. Is Adam Page going to retaliate? And now Adam Page is going to be inserted and it's going to be a three-way for the heavyweight title. I mean, there's a number of different ways we go with this. It just, it's mind-boggling that we had the pull of power brawl. And they are like, we can't wait to all out. We're going to give it to you next week on Dynamite.
0: Yeah, that to me was insane. That reminded me of old-school WCW. And I'm like, it's a week and a half before pay-per-view. Like, why the fuck would you do that? And then, okay, so what does... Hangman Page come out? Does MJF make a return? What, what, you have a week and a half left to build up a pay-per-view. You only have a main event. The only match I can think of that's going to be featured, they haven't even officially set it, but Christian and Jungle Boy. That's one match on the card. What about the rest of the card? So you think, oh, well, maybe they're going to have the women's belt, but what is the current women's champ? You know, who's Thunder Rosa going to well, come have against?
2: War, well, you have Wardlow and... Um you have Wardlow and FTR. They're going to be taking on...
0: Um, oh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and uh, the Saturn I'm saying? Yep. Okay. I That's another match. Be. Okay. And then you probably have something with Orange Cassidy involved. Uh, it's just like screams, well, who's going to defend the tag team champions? I don't know what's going on with that. So you're not really setting up the pay-per-view much. Now, I'll still watch because I enjoy all their pay-per-views, but... You know, I, I just don't. I, that was the money match, though. Like
2: everybody wanted to see Punk and Mox because there's a number of ways that you could have gone with that. It is very unpredictable. It's like, well, they just put the belt on Punk. Are they really going to take it off of him? Um, Moxley's carried the belt with with pride while Punk was on the shelf. Do they strip him of that title? Like that was all the intrigue you needed. Of course, them talking shit and everything like that—that that was all the intrigue you needed. You had a money main event pay per view match. It's like ready to go. It was sold. It was done. Did it really need another stipulation throw in? Do, do we need to add another person to it to make it a triple threat? I, like, like them doing this on free TV, it screams to me that they are going to add a stipulation or somebody's getting added. AEW has been known to
0: do that. Hey man, we'll give you the match and then we'll let you—we'll tease you the, a little bit of the match. And then we'll have a Smosh finish, but buy the pay-per-view and you'll know, we'll have a definitive or definite winner at the pay-per-view. But it's like, you're giving away a week and a half for free, why do I want to see it again? It it just doesn't make sense. I could wait a couple of months and then re-watch it under a different circumstance or different stipulation but to have it back to back is just weird. I know they did that with Kenny Omega and Christian when uh Christian beat Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship and then like a uh, two weeks later they they went and fought for the uh, AEW Championship at the All In Pay-Per-View where they had all the, you know, Yeah. the debut of Brian Danielson and uh, Adam Cole. I I just don't know what AEW's doing for the Pay-Per-View. You have a week and a half away from the Pay-Per-View and I don't really know what the hell's going on. Like what, there's no set match the card and it's just it's it's mind numbing and the fact that you're going up against college football you kind of gotta fucking make it you know shoot it off the pot let's you know come on AW well
2: you know I also had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we had talk about Rampage for a bit and we kind of do um, I like seeing an hour of good wrestling mm-hmm. but at the same time are we really projecting or, or, or are we really moving storylines along with Rampage, because, like, honestly, it feels like if, if it, when you look at Dynamite and the fact that you have a lot of like good storytelling that's going on on Dynamite, and then Rampage is just a wrestling show, just whatever. Yeah, it just feels like a lot of these matches are throwaway matches. We're not building anything, we're not really doing much of anything, it's just there to be there. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching good wrestling. I enjoy, you know, the the quick, hour digestive nature that Rampage is. But what is Rampage really bringing to the table? And that's also why you see numbers struggling very bad uh, as far as viewership for Rampage. Um, You know, Dynamite is the number one watched show on Wednesday on a consistent basis. Rampage, does it even make the top five for Friday evening programming? Fuck no. So just like to me that feels like a wasted opportunity like those matches that you see on Rampage you could see on YouTube whether it's dark or dark elevation or whatever
0: that's how it was this past weekend because I saw like uh, Dustin Dustin Runnels and uh, Cesaro or fucking Claudio Cassano, they he, were like yeah but, uh, but I'm all,
2: I'm talking about mainly on like a consistent basis Okay. You know, like, I feel like Dynamite does a great job of building up storylines and building stories, like, for future programming. I don't think Rampage really does that all too much. And that's a problem. And just to me, it's a
0: wasted opportunity. I just, yeah, I don't even know, man. I'm not a big fan of Rampage. I mean, they kind of have one or two matches that, like, interesting matches that could have been part of Dynamite. But the fact that it's an hour and it comes on after SmackDown, I'm just kind of like rustled out by that point I mean if it's something interesting that I have to watch yeah I'll tune in I'll record it and I may watch that match but they usually do three matches in like one inning segment to your point but does it give them ratings that really help and boost any young talent aside from Hook Hook's really the only mainstay that they've been showcasing on Rampage um, I don't know you could highlight another superstar and just have them exclusive to Rampage but like oh I like that guy I'll watch for that guy which I think they're trying to do but I don't know it's just it's weird it just, it, it feels like
2: AEW has been in kind of a malaise the last couple, of, like, like, the last, really, since MJF has been off of TV, mm-hmm. it just, to me, it doesn't pack the same punch as it did before. Yeah. You know, and, and granted, WWE is making a lot of moves. They are, you know, they're becoming interesting TV again. And I don't feel like AEW is really responding in an appropriate way. I mean, that could be why we're getting the ratings pop with uh, Moxley and,
0: and Punk on, on TV. i tell you what. Their ratings, like Ramsey was saying, is 900000 maybe a million. I guaran—I can't guarantee you, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're right around the same number and doesn't really give you as much of a push as you think it's going to. It may give you $1 million because, you know, you're getting close to football season. Now's the time to do it. But it's just like yeah, to your point. I think they're trying to show the numbers, a good to the advertisers for discovery in the future. Like, hey, look at this rating. Look what we did here. It just screams old school WCW, and I'm just like, no, stop making the mistakes of the past. There is literally a book on that. Yeah, the, like,
2: the rise and fall of WCW, and like the fact that you know TNA. It was literally the the, the edition of the book that I have. You know, it was basically like calling out Dixie Carter and TNA. Like, hey, newsflash, WCW did this. Don't do this. Sure enough, they did a lot of the same shit. And that's why TNA is is no longer around in the iteration it was before. Impact, I was going to say Impact's gotten a lot better. It's thriving.
0: But they were at that point the number two promotion. There was a time when they were an alternative. They never competition, mm-hmm. but they were an alternative for hard core wrestling fans. that like good wrestling and something different than WWE was known. because WWE at times during the last like twenty years before AEW could, was stale. Let's just put put it that way, okay? Um, but yeah, man. I mean, with AEW, I, I really don't know how to respond to them with the Triple H with all these wrestlers. You got to. You gotta do something. Go ahead. So
1: last week at the eight o'clock, eight fifteen hour, which is the seven o'clock, seven fifteen hour in central time, that was the highest rated uh segment in uh, AEW with the C M Punk John Moxley Live promo.
0: That was that started it off.
1: Yeah, it started off and then it just went downhill.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not technically not. Kenny
1: Kenny that. Omega Young Bucks had a eight hundred and sixty three thousand uh, viewers. It just, <laughs> falled off the, the the eighteen to forty nine rating high in that first, and then it just dropped. It, it, it look, I I say it, and I've been saying it, and it's not it's not nothing against. Kurt was talking about how like you had the original um, original AEW talent. It is not a slight against them, but they're not known people want people the wrestling fans in the world are WWE fans because they were born into WWE that's the only thing they fucking know and when you have when you have those beloved stars leave and they're going to follow them to watch them but after they watch them they're they're gone you know those fans are leaving
2: you know we we've talked about before AEW's issue of Roster bloat, And it, it's great that we're getting to see like the Ring of Honor title belts featured on AEW TV on a fairly consistent basis. And it is nice that you don't necessarily... like, like We talked about this before. I don't necessarily need to see, see the same wrestler every single week. Yeah. But it does feel like... You draw a pop with somebody defecting over, and then you maybe see him for a week or two, and then after that, it's like, he disappears for a bit, and then comes back, and then disappears for a bit, and then comes back. I mean, like, look at Tony Niece. I'm just, just going to throw this out there as an example. When Tony Niece debuted on AWTV, they made it a big fucking deal. Like, holy shit, it's Tony Niece. We got Tony Niece on TV. What have they really done with Tony Niece since he's
0: been there? He's kind of like your comedy shtick uh, heel that just kind of puts over like a new guy they had. for crying out loud, like they had him with Mark Sterling, was the uh, smart
1: Mark Sterling. Smart Sterling,
0: yeah, like the the manager, lawyer, you know. Representative.
1: How many? How many of you of those?
0: Well, they got two because then they got um, God, what's the dude with uh, a Jay Hazen. Cargill? Um,
1: okay, Danhausen too. He's oh, a comedy God. show. He's talking about comedy
0: shtick. i was talking about manager. We're talking about manager. I'm um, comedy shtick. <sighs> Avery something, maybe? It'll come to me. but yeah, it, like, I know you're talking about. But, yeah. like, because you had... Uh, oh, my God. I'm, I'm having... I'm, Because uh, they had, like, the rapper Kevin Gates basically knock out Tony Nese on, like, a Rampage or a Dynamite. And you're like, a rapper? And I just beat up Tony Nice, who was supposed to be this cruiserweight coming over from WWE. Now he's reserved to, like, a regular role. But same thing with, like, say, Miro. He comes by as dominant. What's Miro done since? Now, mind you, he's feuding with the uh, House of House Black. Of Black. So, you know, we'll see on that. But it's hard to have all this talent come from WWE. Well, like,
2: all right, I'll, th- I'll throw a perfect example out there. Uh, when, I was, when we are talking about Rampage, okay, yeah. about how it just kind of feels like it's there. Granted, they had three advertised matches for the show. One of them literally was a squash match that lasted seconds. So what did they do? They're like, oh, hey, we're you know because that match went real quick, we're going to throw another match out there. And they had Buddy Matthews go up against Serpentico. Yeah. It was another quick match. It was a squash match. But it's like, you have Buddy Matthews on your roster. Fucking great talent. Dude. You barely utilize him. It it was one of those things like, oh, hey, we're putting him in, in a throwaway match because we have added time on Rampage. We're just going to give you this Buddy Matthews match. And then Miro came out, and they had like a whole deal. But it's like, why aren't you advertising Miro?
1: There we go, but
0: oh snap. I knew that was happening. But yeah, go ahead. Like, okay, so touch on your point. You have all this talent. What are you gonna do with it in the sense that you have Miro, you have Buddy Matthews, you have Alistair Black. Um God, I'm, I'm well yeah, they put the belts on uh, Keith Lee and Sword Strickland, which was smart because that's their established names and it's good to see them, you know, have something have championship gold around their waist. But you need to make the tag team division more relevant again. It feels like kind of a back burner to the trio's belt. So now it's like, oh, what are we going to do now? So, I yeah. don't really know. I
2: mean, not even necessarily that. It also feels it's like just, a... you You have all this great talent, but you don't have enough time to showcase them all. Yeah. So sometimes they feel like afterthoughts. And then when they do have time, it's like, what are you doing with them?
0: Yeah.
1: They, so. they don't have enough air time. They don't. They they're over a hundred roster, a hundred male wrestlers on their roster. that don't have enough airtime. Just how like, you know, we used to always, you know, WWE never knew how to do their Monday Night Raw. They need more airtime, just to show out their wrestlers. They don't have enough airtime. No,
2: I, I I we we've made that argument before, and it's one of those things that. We don't even know if they're going to be able to get more airtime because now we don't even know if they're going to have airtime when it comes to fucking exactly. Discovery Plus. But like, like so the
1: thing too is like putting it on fucking Monday, on Friday night for for Rampage. I doesn't make sense to me. Just one hour. It's a terrible no, you slot. Should, terrible you, should, you should do it Thursday. Fuck TNA, sorry, or Impact, wherever the fuck it is. Fuck New Japan. Get your audience. It's Thursday. It's empty. But you're, do back, but you're gonna do, but
2: you're gonna do back to back nights.
1: Why not? Mm. You're fucking recording fucking rampage right after fucking uh, uh, most of the time anyway. It's not. It's never fucking live. It's very. It's it's five percent of the time. It's live.
2: Well, I mean, they're th- actually going to be doing, I think, two live rampages over the next like three weeks. So it's yeah, I mean, Thunder was on Thursdays on TBS. Only when it gets yeah, but- to.
1: It's only when it gets closer to to a. Uh, um, to the freaking uh, um, pay per views, it's live. But when it's in between pay per views, it's never. It's hardly ever. Live.
2: I almost feel like, especially with them being on a Wednesday night, I almost feel like it would be more beneficial to them to be on like a Saturday night. And I know what you're going to say is that everybody goes out on Saturday night. And everybody, you know, blah, blah blah. But I think being in that late night slot on Friday doesn't do them any favors because more people are tuning in to watch SmackDown. Well, yeah, and then like you're counting on the most hardcore wrestling fans that are actually watching SmackDown live to then turn over and watch you right after.
1: Well, there we're about to get into this to this into the hard slot right now. It's like even if Thursday night they go Thursday night, right now we're about to start football season. So Thursday to Sunday, eh, fuck it. The numbers are gonna fucking, gonna slack. Well, yeah, no you have Thursday what. night
0: football, yeah. so you can't really compete with that either. And that's when the the Rampage made their debut in October. They knew that It was like, fuck, we got to do Wednesdays. You we got Thursday night football. Wednesday makes sense. Uh, they just not it's like, well, we're on Wednesdays now. I, I don't. You gotta. You gotta do. That's the, just that's the way to do it. And I know with Monday Night Raw, we'll see what the numbers are definitely going to go down with Monday Night Football. No matter what, it just is what it is. That's just they've known that from the history. We'll see what Triple H can do to keep eyeballs on. I hope he doesn't do what what uh, they used to do and what AEW's doing this week by just giving away great matches on week. That shit pisses me off. I want to see that on a Sunday. Give me a reason to be invested. But with premium live events, you're not buying pay-per-views. They don't. I don't think pay-per-view matches really matter anymore. But well, it feels for, for WWE,
2: it doesn't matter
1: anymore. Yeah.
0: The only
2: the only well, time well, it
1: well we don't know yet. Because, SummerSlam mattered. Those I was about mattered. I was
2: about to say, with the exception of the big, you yeah, like the, the big dumb, four, the big Clash one.
1: of the Castles building up right now. To
2: it's oh gonna well, be epic. it's an overseas well, yeah. show, and they're gonna it's doing, gonna be epic. They're gonna well, we do something epic. We just
1: don't big. know because the only thing we got is SummerSlam from Triple H yet. We got Clash of the Castle, which is being built up really big right now. Shit, we know more matches about Clash of the Castle than we know about fucking uh, AEW. Dude, the only thing mm-hmm.
0: I looked up just now was that okay, so you, they may do the trios final. Maybe they have a tournament and they they do decide to crown because they have no matches. Uh, you supposedly, I think Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm two. Uh, yeah, that, that that I is think one. they're gonna have
2: a casino ladder match. They 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 announced that uh, they just announced that over the weekend. Uh,
0: and honestly, th- and. That's pretty much it, man. There's there's no, nothing But you said yeah with the the pinnacle. Uh I guess they're calling it with pinnacle. They were in the pinnacle. Well the fact, the fact
2: that they actually made it a point to save the pinnacle. Yeah. That
0: that that's what has a lot of people's eyebrows raised that like is MJF coming back at all out?
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like uh yeah going up against, you know, who we just talked about Jay Lethal Sunday uh, shirt sure, um I just said his name. Saddam Saddam saying. Sad saying thank you. It, it's We don't know what's going to happen, and with AEW with a contract expiring next year, I say just enjoy it, support them. If you love wrestling, now's a really great time to be involved in wrestling watching. I don't want AEW to go anywhere, but it may because honestly, if they don't have a TV deal, uh, Tony Khan's dad, Sahid Khan, may just be like, "Son, I'm pulling the plug. We can't find distribution. You're a great product. You have eyeballs. We can't start our own streaming platform. It just costs too much money." Maybe you could. I don't know.
2: They're gonna. They are gonna land. They're gonna I land, it's they're gonna land well. somewhere. It's just it's gonna be like to your point that you made on the last podcast. Go to it could be vice or something like that. They're gonna end up somewhere, but it can't be. A drastic drop down, like what Impact saw when they went from being on.
0: Oh my god, they were on uh, Spite TV for so long and then they went to like, I think Pop or Destination TV or yeah. whatever and it like they took and AU and then like to Access. It's like, yeah, no, well, no dude, no, Access was a godsend for them, honestly. But yeah, it's just because, yeah,
1: well, Access, Ax- look in itself too, Access is, is living by a fucking thread too.
0: Well, dude, Anthem Sport Entertainment owns access channel so hence they have a platform because they bought uh, impact rights impact's pulling on by a thread they're getting maybe a hundred thousand viewers because not many people get access i was just having this conversation randy i'm getting rid of 18 Verse soon i'm switching over to youtube premium you could there's no access on uh, option available. They have an Impact Sports option that you could do. I don't know if Hulu TV does anything like that as well. Hulu Hulu doesn't have access. So no, neither does YouTube TV. But I think there's like a sports package. I do you get by. Vice though? So I mean, See, shit. Yeah, YouTube doesn't even have Vice or A&E, which I'm okay with that. But if if, if say if uh, Rampage or uh, AEW was to go to Vice, then I would have to think of something to, a way to to tune in to watch it. Just we're doing the what if scenario games. AEW, I think they need to step up their game. I'm not saying they're gonna go by the wayside tomorrow, but they need to somewhat slowly. They need to the
2: tighten shit up. I'll put it yeah. that way. They need to tighten it up.
0: You still have a lot of great wrestlers on your roster. You have CM Punk. You have Brian Anderson. You have Adam Cole. You have Kenny Omega. You have talent. You have fans of them. Let's just you know you you just need to hit. I think. And every all oh, right now that right now. <laughs> WWE has that new shiny coat of paint. They got what the hardcore fans wanted for so long. Triple H is running. That'll slowly fade away, and then maybe AEW can do something to get fans to...
2: um, Well, like, AEW AEW took more of the old WCW approach in the sense that, like, okay, WWE is sports entertainment, whatever. We're wrestling. It's like, if you even go back to, like, the early 90s, to the heyday... Of the WWF. Yeah. You know, it was like WWF was compelling television. But if you wanted to watch the best wrestling on TV, you would flip it over to WCW. You know, AEW was kind of doing that for the longest time. Now that Triple H is at the helm, and we're starting to see the wrestling emphasized alongside of the sports entertainment aspect of Mm -hmm. it. You know... That's the thing. Now WWE is or WWE is the total package. Now I know we're a month into the Triple H era, but I'm saying what we're getting now, WWE is the whole package. When they haven't been that in a long time, dude. This just so this now just, now it's AW. You know they can't just rely on the wrestling anymore. They have to step it
0: up, dude. This just screams in MJS favor for Tony Khan to pay him. Like, you gotta do something. Bring him back, put the belt on him, make him the number one heel in the business. That just writes itself. Well, again, I'm not sure if we actually
2: did delve into it in great detail on the last podcast or not, but I know we've had that conversation. Like, MJF to WWE, under a Vince regime, maybe give that about 20% chance of actually happening. Now that Triple H is running the show... And I mean, and you even look, even seeing Johnny Gargano in the ring tonight, and how theory towers over him.
1: Yeah,
2: Gargano is a little guy. But he's still as over as fuck. Like, MJF in the WWE under Triple H, you have a much higher chance of that happening and it being believable. And MJF not being fucking belittled, repackaged, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, like Tony definitely needs to fucking back the Brinks truck up and fucking just dump money at his doorstep and beg him to come back on TV as soon as possible. Now, I know they said something at the storyline about how MJF is suspended. Mm-hmm. So, technically, his 60 days comes due. I think it's either the day before All Out or, like, basically... Like, the rampage before all that. It's something like that. It's like his 60-day quote-unquote suspension comes due at
0: that point. So, yeah, it's like he needs to be back on TV. You want to get they eyeballs, ratings, for the belt. Now, mind you, Punk hasn't had a chance to run with the title. But we thought he'd have a small chance to run with the belt and then eventually lose it to MJF down the road. That still could be the plan. It... We'll see. It's on an
2: accelerated timeline because yeah. you haven't had Punk in
1: in months. Yeah, yeah. So, man, in the past whereas two months.
2: Punk could have
0: been defending and doing stuff with it. Yeah. You know, he hasn't really been able to do much of anything since he got hurt. Exactly. So, so I feel you kind of got to give Punk a little bit of room with the belt because he hasn't really had it. So I think maybe postpone them, Jeff, a little longer than you need to because his fans will still be wanting it. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Have MJF take the TNT title off of Wardlow. MJF hasn't held that belt yet. He hasn't held A's a title. belt. A yeah, he hasn't held a belt. So I, crazy.
1: Wow, I said that fucking months ago. Yeah, I mean
0: he's won the fucking ring three you. times. I know you did. Because <laughs> so,
1: yeah, we'll guess what? Because I'm thinking you got a timeline. I think first thing, let's just say that that Triple H sent Karen Cross to AEW, and there's a there's a little the little uh, uh, sand timer running over there right now because time is ticking, but. I think time is ticking. Also, for AEW is also knowing like, okay, Daniel Bryan got another concussion. Okay, so yeah, we got to put the belt on them on him too at some point. I think they're. I think it's going to progress where you have to put the belts on the older people because you know their time is running out, and then start then later on. I, 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 like I said, it the script for how not to run a fucking wrestling promotion they were not following they were following how to be successful then they just decided to go this whole shift like a hurricane you just don't know how a hurricane's going to go AEW mm. just turned directions and then now they're following to me they're following a wcw path well, let- a fucking uh tna path
2: let's actually talk about this for a second though how good was that Brian Danielson Daniel Garcia two Dude, out of three falls match
0: that fucking
2: In that storyline that that
0: we're building there too oh I love it man because uh, because yeah you had it was a two out of three falls match Garcia beat Brian Danielson clean in the first fall didn't tap him out but he passed out in the submission hold Um, and then they break it up but you see this is the
2: other beautiful thing too is like I never understood why in a two out of three falls match it's like okay that's the first fall done why you don't immediately start attacking the person to try to get another pinfall? Like Garcia actually fucking went to do that, and the referee kept trying to pull him off and be like, "No, you
0: can't do that." I mean, he's got to get back. He should explain to the fans like, like he's got like a 10-second rule or twenty second rule to. But I love that because because yeah. like I've never understood
2: that when I've watched other like two out of three falls matches, yeah. why it's like okay, wait, no, we gotta wait to reset. Okay, go. Yeah. Like, no, if, I, if I'm the guy that just got that first pinfall, I'm
0: trying to beat your ass again and get that quick second fall, like... Yeah, so, yeah, because, you know, so Garcia got the first fall, beat him clean, made him pass out to a submission hold. Then Brian Danielson did a quick roll-up for the second fall, and then at the very, very end, he had to beat the living hell out of da- uh, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. And fucking made him look And then put him nuts. in the, uh, the LaBelle lock, but he made him look like a tough son of a bitch, And you had to respect uh, Daniel Garcia at the end of it because he literally kicked him in the face so many times, put the label lock on him twice to get him to pass out.
2: And then the fact that the crowd is is like screaming during the entire time, like this is wrestling, fight forever, Uh, fight forever, just like whatever. And then at the very end, after the match, when you know tries to go and shake his hand or whatever like that, and the fucking
1: the crowd (laughs) screaming,
0: "You're a wrestler." Like yeah. you're a wrestler, He's a sports entertainer, the greatest technical, the greatest technical wrestler in all of sports entertainment history. Or not, uh, it's a technical wrestler, <laughs> like whatever <laughs> technical sports entertainment. I don't know how to put it, man. This sounds weird, but uh, but yeah, uh, Brian Danielson extends his arm to like, hey man, I respect you. Great match. You got a bright future ahead of you. And then you know Chris Jericho comes out, attacks Brian Danielson.
2: That's actually another match that's going to be at all live. Jericho and Danielson. Oh
0: fuck yeah. And then, uh, Daniel Garcia puts his hands on Jericho, like, hey man, ease up, like, what are you doing, you know? And then, Jericho's, Jericho's like, like, you just touched me, Touch me, what are you doing? Jericho, Appreciation society, I'm Jericho, appreciate me! And then, he goes in the back, cuts the whole promo, like, next week on Dynamite, you need to answer, like, whose side are you on? So, does Daniel Garcia join the Blackpool Fight Club? You know, it's just building tension, so it's kind of writing itself, so... That I am interested in. And like I said, that fucking pole driver. Holy dude, shit. Dude. I was legit scared for Brian Danielson, dude. man. Fuck, I was scared. I was like, what is he doing here? What is he setting him up for? Oh shit, a pole driver. But you see what a driver driver's actually done correctly. It looks that fucking. looked like a legit real life pole driver on Brian Danielson. I was like, did he just spike his head? I was like, oh, with all the neck injuries. I mean, he's protected him, but still, it looked fucking tough. But That's the beautiful thing about a well-executed pile driver.
2: Like, yeah,
0: oh man. But yeah, that match was stellar, and that writes itself. So when w- AEW does shit like that, I will tune in. I will watch. So yeah, need more shit like that. Yeah, I know we're running along. I that's pretty much all thoughts I got, man. Anything else you want to touch on?
2: No, it's just it's a great time in the in the wrestling landscape, man. I eat it like legit it's great that WWE is must-see TV again. And Again, it's not, you know, hey, let's just
0: fast-forward to the good bits. Or I will I will touch on that and say this. As a wrestling fan, I don't support one shit on the other. I love right. all wrestling, and I want them all to thrive. So now that is doing well, fuck yeah, man. Dude I, had a, dude, I had a former co-worker that just shat on WWE
2: all the time. It was like you know, you need to watch AEW, you need to watch AEW. And this is, granted, before AEW actually had weekly programming. But, you know, it's just at the same point in time, it's like you can appreciate more than one brand of wrestling. Like, they, especially now, they're both doing good things. Um, right now, WWE can do no wrong. I mean, granted, there's still a few things. Like, I was very upset that of what we're doing with the women's tag team division, or, like, with the women's tag tournament, before I found out that Gigi Dolan, you know, is injured and can't compete.
0: Yeah. Because you know,
2: when, I, when I tuned in and I saw that they were doing a uh, second chance uh, Fatal 4-Way match, I'm like, what the fuck? Because it's like, first off, we didn't get the promised NXT tag team. Mm-hmm. Then we got a different NXT tag team that I think a lot more
0: people were stoked on anyway. I was actually happier about Toxic Attraction because I knew them. I didn't really know the other uh Two ladies. Too well, well, I I don't know them as a tag team. I yeah, know I mean,
2: Nikita. Yeah, I know Nikita yeah, Lyons as a single star. star Same yeah. thing
0: with Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark just competed not too long. And ago. Toxic Attraction just lost the NXT Tag Team Champions, but at least they're a tag team that I am aware of. Well,
2: just the fact that Zoe Stark was just recently competing for the NXT Women's Championship against yeah. Mandy Rose, and granted, she got hurt in that match. But it's like it felt like, hey, we're just sticking two NXT people together to go and be a tag but team. Up there. stars. I mean, I mean, I get it. But at the same point in time, it's like why do that when you have, you already have a, a tag team, team and Toxic attraction, you know? But
0: it, you know, so I was disappointed to see that even though they won the match, they're not going to be able to move on. Oh man, I would love to see them go a little bit further, but it, yeah, now they're going to have a, but to your point, a second chance. That's all the, you 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 dealt with the cards that you, you got to deal with the cards you dealt. So right, right, I understand that. You know, so that that was like the one disappointing thing, and then when I
2: actually like found out that's due to injury it's like okay well yeah you you gotta go but I mean other than that like there really isn't anything that I can shit on with WWE right now and that's amazing
0: because like we built our fucking podcast on shitting on WWE. I'm thinking like we did a WWE Raw like about a year ago and we literally for three hours just shat on WWE you know it's like and it feels like a complete 180 it's like you're doing everything right I really have no
1: negatives. They're doing everything anyone. right, and AW start starting to do stuff wrong. So, and it's okay to start criticizing them because they got do so much pet on the freaking bat. Well, you know, it, it, it's also one of those things
2: that when like when one product is so bad, you can kind of do no wrong in the other brand. You know, it, it's like they, they were, they were, there were there were there've been now. warts with AEW. No, it's just, That's a great point. We haven't really noticed it because they they were still putting on consistently a better product
0: than the WWE. It was just different, and it was just kind of, I guess, rainbow color sunglasses. Like, hey, man, I've been craving something new. It's new. What do you think of Kenny Omega coming out after
2: Dynamite went off the air, and he did the he did the promo to the crowd where he talked about like our goal from the get-go was not to create competition it was to create an alternative and it's like I don't know maybe this. oh so i've so, been pretty busy i don't know about no so actually. yeah no, no no like it's on youtube like he um like actually it's on aew's official youtube thing like, okay i showed the whole thing but he actually kind of co- commented he's like maybe you don't like trio's wrestling that's fine that's why we have tag teams that's why we have women's wrestling that's why we have all this so like we try to give you a variety of wrestling so that there's a taste of something for everybody. It's like, you know, we we did when we started this company, it wasn't to be a competition, it was to be an alternative. So, is this also Kenny getting kind of ahead of the curve and like everything that's going on with WWE right now, like trying to
0: quell expectations? Or, you know, is he well, just kind of riffing from maybe. the heart? Like I think it's maybe it's a combination of both, because, and I'll give you a reason why, because tr- I think truly he really he really does mean everything he says, because he is a hardcore wrestling fan, and he does mean that, but at the same time, they built it as competition, because Jericho was always tweeting, oh, our demographics between 1849 males beat WWEs," and it was like that for a long time, so I think they wanted it to be competition, but I think realistically they knew they were never going to beat WWE, and now that WWE is doing so much better, it's like, hey man, let's touch down on that, because they're, they're getting hot again, and we're not...
2: Also, want to show you this because um, I thought this was kind of an interesting thing, and like, what, what, what's the subtext of what we're trying to see here? But like, when I was watching "Being the Elite" earlier today, you know, they showed they showed Kenny's return or whatever, and they did like the big spot of you know Kenny being reunited with the Young Bucks and everything like that. But there was one specific thing on Kenny's phone. Like when you see Kenny for the first time, and I had to like pause, zoom, and enhance. Oh, please show me. I think I know wait. what you're talking about. But wait, Let me um, see. so what does it look like? Kenny's looking out on his phone right there.
0: Who is that? Is that a? Notice the hair. Yeah, I see the hair, blonde hair. Looks like Cody Rhodes.
2: It does. No, I mean, like, legit, he's, like, looking at Cody and, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, like, what what kind of subtext are we trying to read there with this? But, like, yeah, no, he's looking at a photo of Cody Rhodes on his phone when they pan to him at the beginning of Being the Elite. Like, what are we trying to say there? What's going on? He even kind of... You know, like, in a way, his promo that he gave after Dynamite, I don't know if he was throwing, like, a little bit of shade at, at Cody or whatever because Cody viewed himself or viewed, like, him starting AEW's competition and the Bucks and Kenny Omega kind of thought differently to that, yeah. which I already alluded to. So, I don't know. Just thought that was an interesting little tidbit to bring up. I'm genuinely curious what he was trying to say in that moment. We'll, we'll
0: find out. I don't think, I think it's... Not what everybody else realizes, but we'll see. I'm not going to talk too much into that, but it is funny if that's the case. He's doing that in the middle of the show, so.
1: Hmm. I just think it's funny how kind of the tide kind of turned when Cody went to WWE. You start seeing the little tides of how. Because Raw was getting more. It wasn't like this, but it was. Than yeah, it, it, was. Was, it wasn't.
2: It wasn't like this, but the fact that they actually let Cody go out there and let Cody wrestle, like it, it was. They like literally a had quick, a fucking
1: know. countdown for Cody Rhodes. But I bet you Dusty's in up in heaven. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> like, is is this really? Is it? Is there a countdown for my son?
2: There, God, like going back to AEW and missteps, though. Like, no, no, it, no, 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 no. Like, I do feel like. Him get, having that stipulation of if he lost that match against Jericho, he would never challenge for the AEW title ever again. I, I get I get that there's, like, loopholes that you could build in to eventually do it down the line, but, like, just throwing that out there as, like, a stipulation right off the bat, that that just kind
0: of killed it for Cody right there. Yeah, I touched on that all the time, because I don't know, this is a whole other diet trial that I get into for a long, long time. I'm away for that. We're, we're, but... we're meandering a bit here and there, but, you know, hey. I mean, do think about it. Cody Rhodes' character was just stale at the time. Everybody was booing the shit out of him. They wanted to turn heel because everything he did was heelish. He wore nice suits. He had nice, he had fancy watches. He had expensive stuff. He was kind of the way he presented himself. He's still doing that in WWE so, before he got hurt, and over sick of it. And his matches were kind of similar. With he, he felt well because he was a mainstay with the TNT title, and after a while, it's like, okay, well, what are you gonna do? You know, what okay, but fans were constantly booing him. He realized, okay, there's, I've done everything I can do. I'm kind of good. So it was just crazy. Like, Hey, I've done the work in the independence and AEW. WB is going to offer me a contract. Will WB offer him a contract? He's an AEW guy. There's no way Vince Man's going to allow him to come back. But then again, he is a Rhodes. There's a ton of lineage there. And then Vince, next thing you know, comes back with WB debuts at WrestleMania and when he came out it they reintroduced the audience to Cody Rhodes and you're written as a brand new Cody Rhodes to AEW fans in the arena and you have the new WWE fans you're like Whoa like at WrestleMania it was a huge pop and to see him put on a great a good solid match with Seth Rollins was the perfect opponent for him it just labeled him as a main attraction the way they debuted him. And yeah, from you- that point forward you were, like, excited to see him in WWE. You couldn't help but cheer him. And now yeah. he's gotten over with his work with Seth Rollins and doing those matches that it feels like, okay, now he... Dude, and that... Promo and, he and cut and the night after.
2: That, that Hell in a Cell match, too, though. That cemented like, him.
0: Yeah, like, if he
2: wasn't over before then, he he's, he's fucking...
0: He, he's fucking Jesus incarnate now. Dude, like, they as fucking, far as being over. like The dude. rocket's lit. It's soaring to the moon. He's... It decides you know, it's gonna go. We
1: always talk about like like matchups of what we what could what can be and what could be. Yeah. Just of recent events what's been going on. In the future we could have a Johnny Gargano Cody Rhodes match.
2: That'd be great. You know, you brought up a point when we weren't on air, but the fact that Brandy worked her first dark match or whatever like
1: that, or so her first a live a event first match. Live appearance, um in a at a at a house show. Mm-hmm. That just tells you right there, like well, think
2: think of it like this: like granted, Brandy still needs a little more ring seasoning, especially in like the WWE style and everything like that. But let's project down the road when, you know, Cody comes back, enters a feud with say Killer uh, or um, Killer Cross or Carrying uh, Cross, enters in a feud with him, and you have Scarlet Bordeaux getting involved. And then you have Brandy come out or whatever like that. Not necessarily saying I want to see Brandy wrestle, but I mean you you have kind of a built match right there with like Carrion and Scarlet. Let Scarlet get in the ring. Something we haven't seen
1: in a long time. Yeah, I don't you really got want you watch got that. you got you got a whole bunch of matches you can do with that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Miz and Maurice. Edge and uh, uh Beth. I mean, <laughs> actually, you bring
2: up you bring up Miss and, and we're gonna be like, yeah, like you tried to do a shitty ripoff of our show. Guess what? Ours is better, and it's still on air. There we go, like boom, built-in storyline right there, built-in match. Love it.
1: You know, there, there, there's so much stuff you can do with them too. But also too is like, look, can we bring- also give Ms and Maurice
2: a win with one of these couples matches? Can we please do that? please because they do such a damn good job of building those matches and then they eat the L's every time. Can we can we have them win one? Even if it's like an upset over Cody and Brandy, like can, can we can we have them win one, please and thank you.
1: No, they'll, they'll probably end up winning a, a match with uh, uh Johnny and uh when Candace LeRae shows back up. Cuz you know she's coming right back. That, that's going to be the next the, the the family. Uh, it's gonna um,
2: be. It's gonna be her and uh, Becky's kid in daycare together. You know, like Bobby's got to go wrestle here. Watch the kids. Let's go.
1: Yeah, it, look, there's so many things that can happen with it now, and it 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 goes to be like the great, the unknown is the f- the unknown right now is like with WWE we just don't know, the future outlook is great, and then you know, but then. You look at AEW, and it's, to me, to me, it's just like, you know, how you said a little bit while ago. It's great that they're 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 defending the Ring of Honor Belts on thing. The time when we said it, WWE has too many titles, right now we can just say that right now with AEW, there's too many fucking titles. Dude,
0: there's way too many fucking titles in AEW. Right.
2: There's
1: too many fucking titles. There's not enough fucking airtime.
2: Then, it's, it's it's all in you could have a bunch of titles it's, a, it's how in, you utilize and feature them
0: it's predicated on the fact that will Tony Khan be able to find a Ring of Honor show somewhere on our network otherwise why the fuck do Claudio nice. has a belt why does fucking Yulu have a belt why do the FTR have a belt <clears throat> I mean uh, yeah FTR have a belt What's the point? You know what I mean?
2: Well, going back to, to your thing Fuck with WWE, though, damn, it is kind of nice that we're bringing up a little bit more of the NXT talent and we're, like, shuffling the rosters around. I know they've been having crossover, like, Leah's is technically a SmackDown superstar. She was there on Raw tonight, but then again, it was also... Her hometown. Yeah, in her hometown, whatever. But, like, post-Clash the Castle, you have the brand split for a reason. And we talked about in the past the brand split can work if you actually utilize the talent that you have on your roster on both shows on a consistent basis get those rosters kind of finalized of what you want them to look like and then let them run let them go i agree you know i don't like, know
1: what they're doing i think what they're doing is they right now i think they're probably looking to see what who where and I think you start seeing uh, like after maybe the clash of the Gas, you might you might see a draft. The draft is they, they got to have a draft coming soon. So I, I there's I just been think no there, word of it, but I wouldn't. There was trust. there has been rumors and talk that in September that there was a September October there's going to be a draft. That was I did hear I did read a rumor somewhere I forgot where it was at, but I did read a a dirt sheet about draft upcoming draft. But you have to. I think they're trying to figure out who's going to go where. They are just trying to get a feel of it because
2: yeah, I understand that.
1: Because you know with, with Cody being hurt still, you still got to f- figure this out. That storyline. What's going to be the storyline for WrestleMania? Because more and more coming out now, there's a lot of good matches to could be made for WrestleMania, and it's just now it's just like you just don't know. You know, like right now, like are we going to see a a uh, um, war games five on five survivors series match.
2: We'll I, see. I'm all for
0: it. Me too.
1: Can't say now. You can't say. You can't say. Well, there's no way a WCW because a WCW wrestler is running the WWE.
0: Wrestler who wrestled for WCW. Yes, I would say. the WCW his career. Wrestler, start his career.
1: Come start on. his career out there.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't think Jean, This is the guy that I don't
1: think
2: Jean Paul was back or terrorizing. But
1: well, hold on. But this is the guy that at NXT was bringing back the like, WC, all WC the old W C yeah. things.
0: It's just doing another game, man. He knew his was working, he enjoyed that stuff. Legitimately. His
1: right hand man was a WCW guy. And that that's gonna be the next one. I think that's the, that's gonna be the big domino that's gonna fall is he hey. Once 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 William Regal can get his ass out of fucking uh, AEW, you're gonna see him coming right back to WWE. That's why Road Dogg got rehired again with WWE. He's bringing the people that he's familiar with and comfortable with, and those people are gonna start going. And the next person that he really wants is gonna be William Regal, and they're gonna try to. Fight. I won't. I won't be shocked if they buy him out back, buy him from AEW. I I, I feel like.
2: They can't bring War Games back though until they have William Regal back. I figured it out. You
1: need. Yeah, I'm
2: you, you just need him out there to make that announcement because, like, to me, that that is almost as big as the match itself. Is like you have to have Regal be like, No, I we going to settle this War Games?" It has to
1: happen.
0: No, That's... I could I could see Triple H coming out and being the one to make the announcement, like just steps out, you know, the gorilla and just be like,
1: "How about this?" How about this? We have not seen Triple H, or since the, the July twenty second, we have not seen Stephanie. We have not seen Triple H. They have not been made. They have not been made. Triple H has not been on but, TV since WrestleMania.
0: But
2: you know what? I like that. I, I do too. I like that. You don't need the fucking McMahons... Fingerprints all over the actual broadcast. Like I don't need to see them. But that's
1: but that's the whole thing I like about this whole with everything going on with Triple H. It's it's more everything's behind the scenes. They keep it real tight it's, and
2: neat. It's more about the actual talent, and that's what I like. Not it's not a McMahon interjecting themselves in something to get it over, quote unquote. It's let the talent get themselves over.
1: So I, I just it. think there's a lot of. A lot of good ups and ups that can keep going on. Like, I am so excited. Next week, I can't wait. The Dexter Loomis countdown has now started on my phone. <laughs> yeah, we got to
2: see where he took the Miz. I mean, we got to. Is he in a dungeon somewhere? Like, is
1: he is he in terror? Is he torturing him? I, I got to know. When, when you go back and watch it, I just watch watch Dexter Loomis's eyes. And it's just like, that's. That's why I love him so much. I love them in NXT. He's just like this motherfucker's crazy. His eyes were just like straight up, wide open, bugging out, and taking him like like this motherfucker about rape him or something. Something about bad is about to happen, and the crowd reaction to it just like dude just was loving it. Oh yeah, man! Like dude, it it it's it's, it's
2: working. It's getting over like look it's a great time to just be watching the product like I
1: know the the tweets out there saying that Triple H the Triple H should win executive of the year just because how the 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 swerve of going from an abduction of attack on um, AJ Styles to an abduction of The Miz (laughs) right there executive of the year producer of the year (laughs) Oh, by the way, uh, we were talking about how, like, Kevin Dunn, there is, uh, looks like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, there was a story that uh, Triple H did say that, I'm not take doing this by myself, why would I fire or get rid of someone that has been doing it for 20 fucking years yeah. when I have never done it? No, there's no way we're getting rid of Kevin Dunn anytime soon. Yeah, they are looking, but... There's no way they 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 can't get rid can't of somebody. You can't do it outright. Yeah. That that done this forever. You know?
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because it's like, who do you replace them with? Who is the next in line? Do they have anybody like that in house already? Probably not.
1: No, but I think everybody's gone or retired. That they. I think the next the person I would probably put more faith in I would would be Joey Styles, but he's been been out of the wrestling game forever. I mean, everybody they had in, in that area gone, pretty much. So, yeah, we can end it right now. Yeah, I'm
0: tapped out, man. We're almost two hours.
1: All right, want, well, I don't want to go on a spiel about how shitty AEW is, but
0: no, you could.
1: I could, but I'm not.
2: <laughs> you save it for another time.
1: I'm gonna rampage on rampage on another time. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this week's edition of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It's been great, kind of rehashing what uh, is going on in the wrestling landscape. But uh, might actually have to do a theme for the next show, man. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, we'll we're, we're gonna have to. Maybe get back to the maybe get oh, back wow. to the uh, Raging Rundown here we'll and think there, of You know, here. but yeah, it, it it really has been good just to riff and just to like talk. About how great it is right now to be a wrestling fan. I know we've kind of said that a few times in the past. But, like, really, if WWE is firing on all cylinders, and if AEW can can match that, I mean, it just means the best for everybody. Exactly. We all win. the fans win. That's the way you should look at it. But uh, we look forward to a... doing this again soon. Thank you all for tuning in.
1: We're going to have, like, a three-week a three week layover.
2: We'll see. We'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. We'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll figure
2: it out. We always do. This is Ravishing Randy, signing off. TNK signing off.
1: Rampage out.
2: See you next time.